here I am. I got this new thing going on here where I am bringing in the best of the best of the best of the best. So it is me, the animal, with none other than Steve the freaking Blaze. Steve, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. It's good to see you, brother. Thank you. Oh, man. So let's reel back time a little bit. Okay. It's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I got this right. It's like 1988, 89, something like that. You guys were playing in Kansas City at uh, a little a little bar called the Lone Star. Okay, that's, keep that's, going. That's the first time I met you, and of course I met Ron and, and Darren. And right, the Lone Star, man. I, I I remember that. I'm trying to picture the venue out though. Um, um, think about a, a bedroom with a little more amenities. <laughs> oh, okay. Really now smart. I remember. <laughs> it was a great place, man. I, of course, I oh, got that, into a lot of trouble at that place, but you know that's a whole nother story. <laughs> well, being that small, you can't help but get into trouble, right? Yeah, no, I, I think it was like you know, uh, two fifty, three hundred people, something like that. It, it was, right. it was intimate. We'll put it that way. Very, very nice. Well, good to see you after all these years, man. Yeah, man. Uh, so, as as I told you uh, the other day on the phone, I'm I'm friends with Ron and, and Darren, and right. they have nothing but great things to say about you and and their time with Lillian Axe. Good. That's excellent, man. Yeah, Good guys. They are. Uh, what would ever be the chance of a Lillian X actual reunion? Well, because we're still very, very active and still going and just signed our 10th record deal, probably, I wouldn't say anything like a reunion, but we would always welcome them to uh, be a part of, you know, coming up and playing with us or getting together and stuff. That, that invitation has been open. As a matter of fact, we invited them to be on the, um, one night in the temple, the live acoustic uh, thing that we did because we brought Johnny Vines on stage with us, who's a very original singer from right. way before we got signed. And uh, and I invited him when we got inducted into the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame. But you know they live in Dallas, so it's, it's a long trip. Yeah. So, but I mean they've always, uh, you know, they're a part of the band's history, and um, they're invited to to be partake in anything the band ever does. Man, that's awesome. You know and. I was, I was sitting there looking at it, and I, I read a lot of this interviews and stuff since they left, and there's mm-hmm. never been a bad blood thing. There's never been a, well, he said, she said kind of situation. It's always just been, hey, man, we just didn't see eye to eye on things, so we went our separate ways, but we're still friends. It's always been like that. I'm, and, you know, and fortunately for me in my life, it's like that, uh, you know, in, in any relationships that have just moved on or whatever. I mean, when you got to figure – I started this band really basically, I say 83, but we were kind of together as an entity in 82. So you're looking at 40 years. I mean, how many, I mean, very few, unfortunately, marriages even last that long. Yeah. And how many relationships uh, last that long? People have, uh, you know, they move on with their lives. They have different goals that they'd like to attain, uh, you know, different things that, that occur in their life. And it's like, you know, hey, I've I've always been like, look, if you guys, if you if you want to do something different and your heart's not in it, by all means. And they wanted to do their own thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm not going to lie and say I was like, OK, no problem. I mean, it was disappointing, of course. But right. I always honor anybody's wishes to do whatever they want to do in any aspect of my life. So, um, you know, they've gone on and and they've, uh, you know, formed their own gr- band and they're out playing and doing that and. You know, since that happened, we've released about six or seven albums. So 
we're all doing, you know, what we love doing. So absolutely. Um, well, and that's, that's the key to it. You know, you, you know, you've, you've released a ton of albums. You've done all this touring and all this stuff, but I remember we was talking the other day and you had to go coach your son's baseball team. Oh yeah. I look, I, my friends all tease me. They don't know where I get the energy from, but I am involved in lots of different things. Of course, you know, family is number one to me. As a matter of fact, I have a new guitar that says God, family, country painted on the side of, it. and those are where my priorities are. But you know, my family is, uh, is first and, um, you know, my band and my friends and, 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 uh, all the, the, the circle of people that I surround myself with, they're all family. And okay. we treat like that. I treat everything in my life. I mean, family and, and children and, and spouses and, and, and the people are, are friends. I mean, those are the greatest gifts God's ever given anyone. You're so, uh, correct. I, value, I value that highly. And I do coach my son's baseball team. I've been coaching him for several years. Uh, he's really good. He's 14 and he's as tall as I am by maybe, maybe a half inch shorter, same shoe size. So he's all in my closet. Um, but, um, you know, he's a great kid and I've been coaching him in baseball for like seven, eight years now or so. So, uh, in eighth grade now he's trying out for the eighth grade team in January. So we're, I'm coaching him in rec ball and, uh, we got a really good team. That's awesome. So now you guys are down in the uh, New Orleans area, right? Yeah, I'm about a half hour north of New Orleans, and uh, they call it North Shore. It's on the other side of that long causeway bridge. Okay. And uh, Mandeville. is Mandeville, Covington, Slidell is considered North Shore. Right. But, yeah, that's like 18 years now. Oh, wow. So, and you're definitely a who dat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm born into that. I remember watching uh, Saints play, and we had this discussion before, so don't yep. slip up and talk. I have this, I'll tell you the funny story too, but yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid watching the Saints first game on TV and uh, that's how far back it goes. But I was telling uh, uh, you earlier, don't tell me the score because I taped it because it's kind of, my wife teases me and says, why do you even bother to not try to find out the score? Because over here, that's all everybody talks about. So several years ago, right, then the Saints were in the playoffs. And I went the whole day. You know, if they're in playoffs, if they win or lose, something's going on. Fireworks are going oh, yeah. off. Somebody blows something up or whatever. And the world comes to an end around here. And I was like, I maintained all the way to like 8 o'clock at night. Score. <laughs> so we go in. It was like, it's 8 o'clock at night. It's pitch black. Every You know, there's nobody on the road or anything. And uh, my wife wanted something from one of the department stores like Belk or Macy's or something. So we go in the store. I'm like, there is nobody in this store. It is like a ghost town. And I'm like, great. Nobody's going to give it up here. So we walk up to the counter and there's this elderly Russian, little tiny Russian lady. And I'm thinking, oh, she ain't going to have any idea. So, and she comes out, can I help you? And I'm like, yes, ma'am. Uh, my wife would like to get some, some kind of perfume or something. And she goes, oh, isn't that such a shame about the Saints today? Oh. And she gave it away right there. <laughs> well, you know, so a couple that, years ago, we were complete. I'm a who dat, okay? Oh, okay, good, good. So for the uh, NFC, it's the Saints. And for the AFC, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. Okay. That we got robbed a couple years ago. It should have been a Saints-Chiefs oh, yeah. Super Bowl. But, you know, the referees had a bigger plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Made a lot of 
honey. <laughs> I'd love to, I would love for somebody to investigate their uh, bank accounts, but you know, uh, that's never going to happen. <laughs> but, well, but they're in your heart. That's yeah, good. Exactly. So I'll tell you my, my saint story. Uh, this was eight years ago, something like that. We were, I was living in central Kansas. I mean, we're talking, you go to, you see the earth curve and you take a left and that's how you got to my place. Right. All right. So we're, uh, buddy of mine's working up in green Bay. He goes, calls me up and goes, Hey, the saints are playing a, a preseason game is a Thursday night game. You want to go? Absolutely, man. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll just drive up there. That way I can stop and see my daughter. She lives in Iowa and all this other stuff. He's all right, cool. So I drive up there, had a great time. I'll, I'll be really honest with you. Green Bay, Wisconsin is one of the nicest towns I've ever been in in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like college. It's like a college town when it comes to the football games. You don't park at the stadium. You park in people's yards. <laughs> there you go. It's just unbelievable. And these guys, I mean, we went, we pulled up there and I said, how much to park here? He goes, oh, 10 bucks. He's like, all right. So I pulled my truck around back of his house and went up there and he's feeding us, giving us, you know, adult beverages and just right. all this other stuff. And just, he's just like, I was like, here's your 10 bucks. He's okay. He goes, yeah, that he was, yeah, he goes, that's a fair trade. And I was like, do I owe you more that money? He goes, oh no. He goes, welcome to, welcome to Green Bay. I was like, all right, cool. That's cool, man. So I've got my, uh, Archie Manning jersey on and my there you go. Has Reggie Bush jersey on and we're at the game. And you've never experienced anything till you've been inside that stadium. Mm -hmm. That stadium is unbelievable. But <laughs> this kid behind me kept kicking my seat. I find turn around, looked at the dad, and I was like, "Hey, man!" I said, "What? What's the deal here? I said, what's the problem?" He nudges his son and goes, "Hey, tell him." I was like, "All right, I'm I'm waiting for this." He goes, "Manning <laughs> plays for the Broncos." I said, you're absolutely correct. And his brother, Eli, plays for the Giants. I said, this no. is Archie, their dad. And the dad goes, their like, dad who? played football? I was like, come on. Oh, come on. There is? Yeah. But the best part of the entire night is get $350 worth of beer, which is like three beers, uh, into the game. And all you can hear behind you whenever Green Bay does something is, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got like, love those cheeseheads are awesome. But you're great people. And I loved it. But I actually got to meet Drew Brees and uh, Thomas Morstead and Sean Payton. So, good deal, mate. Yeah, we uh, we were on tour several years ago, and I, I remember getting up. I woke up. It was in the afternoon. I had been taking a nap, and I got. I stepped off the bus, and we were playing Green Bay. I had no idea of this. I look up, and the venue that we're playing is right there. And I turn left, and there's freaking Lambo right yep. there. We were playing across the street and I looked and I was, Oh my God, that's Lambo. Yeah. And there was one of the, uh, the groundskeepers or whatever was there. Let us all in, gave us a tour of the place during the daytime. Of course, nice. didn't have the idea of, you know, 80 or whatever many thousand people in there, but <laughs> just to go in there and know all the history of that, uh, it, it was amazing. So, okay. yeah. So that, tell me if I'm crazy or not. When you step into that building into Lambo, do you not feel the energy? Oh yeah, it's crazy, That's right. isn't it? All this energy and the and and all the, uh, the amazing games that have been played oh. in there and three—that's all still in there. You know, it that's is, all. Man. It's so amazing. See, me and you—we can talk about more than music. You know, <laughs> we got our heads on right. <laughs> so, speaking of music, let's get back into this a little bit. Your first 
record deal. What right. amps were you using? I've had a lot of people say, no, he was using Marshalls. He was using this. I, I, I honestly heard like a lot of uh, Lee Jackson heads in that stuff. I'm going to be honest with you. At that time, because Robin Crosby was producing the first album, right? So it's really hard for me to remember exactly what I was using. I know we had several different Marshalls there, but I have used so many amps. And I have so many people that have told me what I've played on different albums. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm, for example, in Poetic Justice and Psycho Schizophrenia, we were, it was the same engineer and, and um, same studio. So we would go during the daytime and go to like pawn shops and guitar places and just look for different things to try stuff out. So I, I've used a combination of different Marshalls, uh, Mesa Boogies, PVs. Um, I think I even used like some Laney and Randall heads at times. We would just experiment until we found the right sound because, and um, this may not, you know, like please a lot of, of gear heads, but a majority of your tone is in your hands. Um, it's, I could probably, you know, and, and, and I kind of, uh, what really verified that is an interview that I read, uh, with Eddie Van Halen, and he said the same thing. Yeah. Half my in my hands. I think he even said even more than that. But it really is, and how you voice and control the guitar. Really, you can listen to several different amps, and people can guess all day long, and they'll be wrong most of the time. Right. But can't go wrong with a, a good old, you know, old uh, hundred watt uh, Marshall amp oh, yeah. with the right, the right speakers and everything. So. Um, I know that I had for Psycho, I had a couple of hot rotted marshals in there too, but Robin really came in and um, brought in a bunch of marshals and stuff. And I think he was using Laney at the time. I think yeah. that's what Rat was using, or maybe that's what he was using. And, uh, and uh, I think, I'm sure he was using, he probably, look, a lot of these guys that have these endorsements, they're using different stuff and they're putting the heads in the front yeah. for advertising. Purposes, which is a good, I mean, hey, I'm sure the company don't care as long as that thing's sitting on top of that amp and they're selling amps, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, there probably were a number of different Marshalls I used in this album, but we just kept switching stuff around. I mean, I mean, we just recorded a, a new album that came out a year ago. I'm thinking about what was I using? Oh, yeah, I was using this enough. I keep forgetting we just switched stuff up. Yep. So I used Wagner amps. I used my Fractal. I uh, used my PVJSX heads, um, used a couple of different marshals, just switch, switch it up, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good today, and what's going to work for the particular song as well. Right. Well, uh, actually, was it Rocklahoma was last Labor Day, so mm -hmm. just really four weeks ago. Um, I was up there hanging out with Ira Black. He's mm -hmm. now in Bullet Boys and of Gods and Monsters. Right. Well, <laughs> I was talking to him today. And, uh, you know, he knows I do a lot of interviews and stuff like that. I was up there actually doing media and uh, was hanging out with him and, and uh, Mark Torrin and the guys from Bullet Boys, just, you know, just hanging out. LA right. Guns, all that, you know, the 80s stuff, stuff I love. And right. I'm talking to Ira today, and I was like, I, he goes, hope you're having a good weekend. I was like, yeah, man, I'm doing a break job. And after this, I'm going to go over and uh, go to the <laughs> house, and I'm going to interview uh, Steve Blaze. And he goes, dude, he goes, I love Lillian Axe. Tell him I said hi. So oh, That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, do you 
watch, tell them I said hello, man. I'll yeah. hopefully I'll uh, him out on the road somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if I've met him before. I know who he is, but I don't know if we've ever met before. He, um, you, he is such a cool guy. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I have a very rare guitar that is my daily player. It's actually right. on loan right now. Somebody's using it in the studio. Uh, but it's a Fender Texas Strat body with a right. Jackson neck that was mm, made nice. for Gibson for Epiphone. It's called the Four Maker. <laughs> okay. And, and all the other ones have this goofy little bat wing. Remember when Epiphone had the bat wing thing going on in their yep. headstocks? Okay. Right. But it's all theirs is 22 or 24 fret. This one here's a 21. Right. It's an actual Jackson headstock. Oh. So it, it's a real Jackson neck on a, an actual fender body, and it's my daily. It's the one I go Plays. to. And actually, a- Ira played that one up there at Rocklahoma. <laughs> if you go, Idiot. yeah, I'll, I, I got a, I did a photo dump uh, on Facebook. I have to actually put them on my website too. But just a, nah. a great guy. So that's cool. I said hello when you see him again. When we talk to him again. Absolutely. So, what 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 is in the future for uh, Lily and X? Now you told me the other day you guys have a show coming up. Well, we just did one here locally, but um, the new album came out uh, at the end of August. We went to Europe after that. We've done some sporadic shows, but we were, it's kind of a weird situation because we were supposed to do a West Coast tour for the month of November. And it was going to be Girl School, Lillian Axe, and Alcatraz. Wow. And unfortunately, at the deadline came and all the dates had been confirmed except for a handful. And it was just a matter of, the promoters not locking in in time and management had to pull the whole tour. So we've been sitting around kind of doing some things here and there, but waiting because we didn't want to go out and tour and we and take, you know, go to some of the, cause these were major cities from Minneapolis to San Fran, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Denver, Tucson, Portland, Seattle. And then, and so we just found out last week that they're moving it to next summer. Yeah. But in the meantime, in March, we're going to do that tour. It's going to be Girl School, Lillian Axe, and Alcatraz, starting in New Orleans uh, and going up the East Coast and back. So we'll be doing New York City, uh, Atlanta, Carolinas, Nashville, all through right. Minneapolis, coming back down through. And then we'll do that West Coast thing. In the meantime, we just signed, we signed a new deal two years ago with a label called Global Rock, who has the last album in our catalog. So they've been re- they re-released the catalog, vinyl started coming out pieces at a time, and they're releasing the first of two-part box set in November. It's called the Resurrection, and in March, part two will be it's called the Quickening. And so it's um, the only two albums that aren't on this thing are the first two because Universal has the rights to them, and they've already been re-released uh, with a licensing deal to to Rock Candy. So, from Poetic Justice on, it's going to have probably about 40 or 50 maybe bonus tracks. Oh, wow. Uh, um, also, as a part of it is uh, going to be my solo record. And um, I think in the second one that comes out in March, even uh, the Circle of Light album, which is the original four guys when we first started the band. We put a record out about eight years ago called Circle of Light. That's going to be on the just a lot of like rarities and stuff, but it's a two-part box set. 
And then we are back in the studio in January for a new release. We just signed a new deal. The owners of our label now, Global Rock, formed a brand new, bigger label with the owners of, have you heard of Brave Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles before? Yes. Well, Brave Words, the the news site, right? Mm -hmm. They are very well known. They have over a million subscribers a month. They formed a new label called Brave Words Records. And they, and we, uh, and Paul Diano, singer for Iron Maiden, are the first two signings on that label. Oh, so yeah. the owners of our last label, plus the Brave Words guys, and formed this new label. So the next album comes out on Brave Words. So we're kind of on two labels. Um, and we go back into the studio in January to start cutting the next album. So we'll be, we'll be moving. Wow, um, that's, that's incredible. So, yeah. you know, we didn't bring that we wanted to do this year because we, you know, they didn't want us going out and doing the road. And then we've got this tour, which is going to be doing like theaters and ballrooms and stuff like that. Want to kind of hold off. But then that fell through. So now both of those legs will be in the new year, which isn't that far off. Right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I, You know, and one of the things that's going on is there's a lot of these super groups forming, if you haven't noticed. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Carlos Cavazzo, uh, Rick Fox, but it's Freak Show. Uh, they have a new uh, thing called Freak Show, and it's absolutely phenomenal. And then, you you know, you, you go a little bit deeper, and Hurricane just released a new album. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It Okay, something for you to check out for this album. I, I love the whole thing. You know, it's called Reconnected. Right. It's an absolutely phenomenal album. But they have a song called Hand of Souls. It sounds like Badfinger. Does it really? It okay. Does. It is so freaking awesome. And I pointed that out to them. They're like, huh? Yeah, I guess I can see that. I'm like, that's cool. But you know, Tony yeah. and uh, Robert are really good guys. So, so Kelly is singer. Is he singing uh, no, for him? They have a uh, Dan uh, Schumacher. Okay. The name sound. So, what Kelly didn't want to do it, or he's just busy with Foreigner? Uh, I assume he's just busy with Foreigner. I'm not uh sure. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, I mean, and that's another band. They're like, we love everybody that was past, present and future members. Yeah. So I just love it. I hate getting involved with the drama crap. I really oh, yeah. do, but, you know, a, but the media side uh, of me, yep. yeah, the media side of me, find you though. Yeah. <laughs> It just seems like, you know, you want to be so drama free. And most of the people I hang out with are really drama free. And we just, you know, just shake it off. But it follows you. It you does, know? man. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I, I got asked uh, the other day by somebody about a radio station I was at a long time ago. And I'm like, you know, we just, I said, <laughs> we just went separate ways. I, I had a different vision for my show than what they wanted to, to do. And they're like, well, we heard. I'm like, dude, you're talking to me. <laughs> Exactly. I, I was there. And that happens. I mean, there's always, like I said, there's three sides to every story. You know I mean? Yep. Um, this one, that one, and the truth. But yep. I like to keep mine close to the truth. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But, you know, so many people get hung up in, uh, you know, the, the politics, religion, the drama, and all this. I stay, I, there's none of that in my shows. Because, you know, I'll, I'll, say, I'll play a song from... Uh, merciful fate, and then I'll from song from Striper. So it's, <laughs> I'm all right. over the gamut. I don't, I don't care. I don't cater to one person. I, I, I play whatever sounds uh, great. And right. 
let's face it, Striper had some great stuff. Merciful Fate had some great stuff. And actually, King Diamond just lives a town over from me. So Right. It, it's just like... Well, it's down to respect. If you just... If we start, if human beings could get back to learning it, everybody talks about respecting while they're disrespecting somebody else. But if we start <laughs> respecting each other's opinions and realize that, first of all, not everybody has has to voice their opinion. You know, what I mean, that's one of the biggest problems that you look on uh, social media. Everybody feels that, uh, yes, you, you have the right to an opinion. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean everybody else needs to hear it or has to hear it. Unless it's something constructive or something, you know, because I'm like a solutions guy. I'm like, don't come to me complaining about stuff unless you're willing to talk to me about how to fix it. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, bring me, let me, I like solving problems. Yeah. Bring me the, I'll talk to you all day long. But if you're bringing it to me just because you feel like complaining about it uh, makes you feel better, you know, that's fine. I'll hear you out. But, you know. (laughs) I've got some criticism for that. Right. Let's fix the thing, man. Yeah. Let's make everybody. But so, you know, in in all your uh, tenure of music, you right? Know, there's the famous movie. This is Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a Spinal Tap moment that just stands out above everything else? Like, let's see, maybe like seven hundred and eighty-five, <laughs> maybe. Right. Uh, you know, as far as like when you look at some of the things, it's not necessarily that I've been in them, but I've observed them. Like you know, the 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 funny part to me is like when when they portray some of the musicians as trying to be you know, try to be smart and, and intelligent. You know, like they're doing their jazz free form. It's a, and I think of all the bands I've run into like that too, and all the the times where we have completely been lost in venues and, and stuck <laughs> not knowing yeah. uh, where well, that's happened many times. I remember being actually lost in, um, and I say that cause it was in Germany and there's a King's X song called lost in Germany, I think. And uh, <laughs> the bus taking off. And this was probably about 15 years ago or so. Uh, and uh, even back then it was really, you know, cell phone service was, was non-existent. Yeah. So, completely lost middle of pitch black nowhere had no idea where i was where to find the bus and no phone and had to walk around for like two hours to get lucky enough to find the tour bus and i kept thinking was that king's x song lost in germany i was like um (laughs) they probably did the same thing but yeah everything on the in that movie just about every band that's ever traveled to tour to done shows has has been through those things oh yeah a lot of bands i want to admit was like to the whole thing about being at one level of success and then fighting to keep it and then going down and then coming back up again the whole roller coaster oh yeah final tab every single band has been through that no matter who you are yeah uh i was uh a few years ago i was in uh salina kansas with uh don barnes from 38 special and me and him was going back and forth about Kemper modelers versus tube amps. I'm like, dude, you can't beat a tube amp. And so we were going back. And so they were playing that night and he goes, he goes, come here. I want to show you my rig. So we go back here to where his rig's at and all that. And we get lost coming back and we actually walk out on the stage and everybody's like, we're <laughs> like, uh, that's <laughs> so awesome. This, this guy oh. that works at the venue. He goes, he goes, come here. 
because everybody does that wrong turn. All right. <laughs> I'm like, well, put a sign up, you know? Yeah, right. You know, they make these signs oh, with arrows, and it's very simple to fix. But <laughs> No entry, you know? It's simple. So what is, when you go into the studio now, what guitars are you using? Um, right now, um, I, I own about 45 guitars right now. I use probably 10 or 12 different electric. Depends on what I'm looking for, obviously. And I have several uh, different acoustic guitars that I go to. I have a composite acoustic, which was a company that was owned by Peavy. They were, uh, they were all like carbon fiber mm-hmm. baked necks. And this thing is like a rock. I use a Fender uh, Acoustasonic. Have you seen those oh, electric? Yeah. Love that. that. It's a it's it plays like an electric. Sounds phenomenal. Now, I've got several Ovation six and twelves, uh, Takamini, uh, and I. It, it all depends. I mean, we honestly sit there and listen to all of them and say which is the right tone for this particular spot. Um, I use combination. I have uh, there's a company called Guilford Guitars. I have a couple of my own models through them that I use. I have several Charvels. I have my original Charvel from 40 years ago. I still have, I don't take it on the road with me because it's too precious, yeah. but I'll in the studio, I use Les Pauls. I use Explorers, a company that's not in existence any longer called strictly seven. I have about six of their guitars and, uh, they, they're my own model, but they're all, every one of them has just sounds a little bit different than the next. And that's, what's the beauty of it because, you know, I have, uh, I have a couple of strats. I have a, a Guilford Telly model. Um, I'm trying to think of all the different things. I've got Jacks and V's. Uh, my Lord, I'm trying to think. I've got a lot of them. Yeah. But I'll we'll have like 20 of them set up in the studio, right. and I'll just you know what you know for this next track. What do we want to do? Because the way we record is it's a little different. Back in the old days, everybody would go in and you'd knock all your drums out, right? Yep kill your drums. Then you come in and then you knock out all your bass. Everybody's trying to think of being frugal and efficient and how we get this done. Or, you know, if we get the drummer out here and get all his tracks done, we don't have to house him out here while we're doing, you know, and he can go and he doesn't have to hang out in the studio for six months. You know what I mean? But we don't do it like that. And I stopped doing like that a long time ago too. Whereas we were doing one track at a time. Now we may go in and, and, and do, uh, you know, drums for two songs at the most and then build off of that. But we take it pretty much song by song until it's completed. Right. So, because um, I don't want to lose focus on getting involved. What happens if you do all of your drums at one time for 12 tracks, all your drums all sound exactly the same throughout the whole record and you start if you do it like that with bass and guitars you wind up having every song starts to just mesh around the thing right i like to just get into the song and work about uh, work around what how do we want this song ending up sounding like so we're not the same exact template for every single piece of music and, and we have a lot of stuff going on in our songs, lots of pads and specialty things and weird effects and noises and lots of harmonies. So I really like to just 
stay focused on one song at a time. Right. And it's worked out. Yeah. You know, you said a while ago that a lot of the, a lot of the uh, feeling comes from your hands, the, the mm -hmm. tone, um, you know, and, and you go through this run of guitars of, you know, what sounds best. Do you do the same thing with your cabinets and heads where you're like, okay, well, I need to use this head in this cabinet as a mix. Usually the cabs are, I usually I have uh, some custom uh, cabs that have all like 30 watt Celestians in them. And I pretty much stick with that, okay. you know, but, but then again, we'll do different things like uh, for acoustic guitars, you know, we'll run through some amps and then we'll mic it and we'll stack it. We'll put mics in different places. And then sometimes the electric, the acoustics are electric acoustics. So we'll run a, a DI in with that and mix maybe have five or six different mics uh, to get the right acoustic sound. Right. But, um, yeah, we'll try different heads out lately. Um, uh, I've been using my fractal. So I have a bunch of different, uh, pre-programmed sounds that I take on the road with me and we just tweak them up or we'll just run straight through the head. It's, it's not, it's not a predetermined thing to be honest with you. It's kind of like, we'll just bring everything out there and start putting it together. How's that sound with this drum kit? You know, how's that sound? You know, what, what, a lot of it has to do with the actual song itself. You know, what are we trying to, you know, in, in this part, this piece, in this song, do we want, you know, rounder kick drums? Or we want a little snappier and, and just try to create. It's like painting a picture, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the good part of you paint a picture, oops, oh, too late. It's already there. You can't change the color on this. You can just erase and yep. and fix it, you know. So, yeah. But we. We approach it like that. We approach it like we're putting a, a painting together and all the pieces have to work exactly right. Right. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, myself and uh, Snake Sabo, we got into a discussion about amps and cabinets. And I said, you really need to check out the Black Star. Uh, it's called the HT50 Club, which is just mm -hmm. a 50 watt head. Sounds right. incredible by itself. I was like, but you need to run it through one of those. I say, I don't know what they're called, but they're a hundred bucks at uh, guitar center or Sam Ash or any of those places. And it's a crate 412 cabinet that has actual uh, eminent speakers in it, but they right. sold for a hundred bucks. I was like, you need to try that sometime. So right. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I mixed things back and forth. I used to ha do a, a band camp for uh, kids in uh, central Kansas when I lived there, I was there for a long time. And they would learn some rock and roll, and they'd go perform it. Uh, did right. several shows, but I'd buy the kids, you know, Jackson guitars. I'd buy, you know, the Black Star Marshall heads, and then you know the four twelve cabinets, and then SVTs. I mean, Pearl drum kits. The the kids were well taken care of. Right. Exactly. And, and there's a reason why that's an ex wife that's there. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It happens. Oh, you know, like um, you. You appreciate good gear, but I've found so many things from microphones to cables to picks to heads to amps to guitars that you can get so absorbed in the tech aspect of things that you lose sight of everything else. I bought guitars, $500 guitars right off the wall that were, you know, yep. considered B grade or C grade guitars and they played fantastic. And they served a purpose, and they stayed in tune well. And I love the way the neck feels. Yep. And I'd play them, and I use them. Um, you know, you know, I was I was that guy that I had three twenty space racks. Uh, two of them were well, one and a half of them was full of just 
crap, the Evan Tides, the, the right. DOD rack stuff, all the all the rack stuff you could think of. I mean, it made Steve Vai jealous. Right. And then, you know, I had the uh, Soldano and Marshall preamps, then I had the Marshall power amps, and another 20 space all by itself. I lost track of everything because I got so into the tech side. So you're absolutely right. correct with that. And what broke me out of that was I built it. I could. I wasn't happy with any guitar I had. Ibanez, Jackson, uh, Charvel, Gibson. I wasn't happy with any of them. The, the sound just wasn't there. And I thought right. I can make my own guitar. So yeah. I, I got a body, I got a neck, and I put them together, and it just sounded like crap. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to this guitar luthier. And I said, "What's wrong with this guitar?" He goes, "The monkey holding it." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you go. Like, Let me... <laughs> and then I, I, I took it back home and I, I, I started playing with it and f- figuring out what I needed to do for that guitar. Right. And then the sound just wasn't, I sanded that thing and painted it. I know eight times right. and it ended up being, uh, a, a, uh, what was it? A Porsche Pearl white was the sound that I liked. And people don't believe that the color right. of the paint makes a sound too. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> Um, the thing is, and any guitar player will probably tell, and you probably agree with me though, you're never ever going to be happy. You might be satisfied, but it's braille. You're going to be trying to find, and um, and as soon as you think you've got your guitars exactly where you want, and your tone's good, and I love this perfect, you're going to hear something else, and you're going to go, oh wait, hold on, what's that guy playing? Oh no, I've got to have that now. It's never, you're never satisfied. <laughs> I work on. I get my dirty sound as, as close to making me happy as I can. I keep tweaking stuff, but I get it there and I work and I get the perfect clean sound. Everything else, the, the delays, the rotaries, the, uh, the different delays and uh, all that kind of stuff is uh, I just add those on to taste, to need. And, but if you've got the basis of a really good, heavy, crunchy sound and a very good clean sound not only just the sound but the way it feels when you play it my sound man and i go round and round on this because you've got that sounds perfect and i'm like it doesn't feel right and they don't care because they just wanted to sound right right you it's got the, that bounce off the strings that feeling that warmth that connection with that neck if it doesn't feel right it can sound great all day long but if you just don't have that that feel off the neck that makes you comfortable, it, make you miserable all night long, no matter how good it's. So you're, it's you're never wrong. like the Holy grail, man. You're never going to find it, but you feel like you're close. Yeah. And, and see that for me, uh, getting close to that was, uh, is my Soldano preamp. It's a SP 77 that was pre the boutique buyout. So it was, mm-hmm. it was handmade by Mike and his boys. Right. Uh, that preamp going through a Marshall power amp just and it, it's not that it has an SLO sound at all. It has a unique sound because I took all the tubes out and I replaced them with Mezboogie tubes that are paired. So, right. you know, and you can geek on this stuff all day long yeah. until you find that niche that works for you. You'll never you'll never like I said, you'll never be happy. I, 100%. But and, and I actually don't use any pedals anymore. Uh, don't use any delays, none of that. It's just distortion or clean. Right. Done. There you go. And I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here, okay, here's a challenge for you. All right. Take your guitar, take a, uh, a really good high-end cable, 
plug the guitar in straight to the amp and just play the old school stuff. And you're, right. it, it seriously, it'll, I, I never liked that because at first, you know, you said to everyone, God, this sounds really dry. Right. And right. You start playing the older, you know, good metal, like the early uh, Iron Maiden, the early Quiet Riot and all that stuff. And you're sitting there going, you're, you're hearing that now, the, the early 80s stuff. You're hearing it, and you're hearing it, and you're going, they added that delay after recording. Right. Or they oh, yeah. No, chorus I after. Play with any effects other than maybe a chorus or whatever. But, yeah, I always delay. It's cleaner. It sounds better. and and um, But, no, and I agree with that, too. That's why I, I, I use, you know, some chorus and delays and stuff, but I just use them to taste mm-hmm. because don't have that good solid foundation it's just a, a whole bunch of noise yeah and see and that's what i had to go back to is i had to go back to the foundation now i've got right. 85 different pedals right they're they're all in their box man i i, I don't <laughs> even pull them out i'm like okay i'm, I'm out but right, right right i after i play something and if i want to you know like uh, if i do an old docking tune you've got to pull out a chorus and you got to pull out a delay and you got to run through that and give them a mm-hmm. little auto wah and there you go. There you go. <laughs> and a lot of I people agree. are like, why don't you ever play out live, do this stuff out live? And I'm like, do you realize what I'd have to have on stage? I, I said, to be a cover band, to be on stage and sound like the band. I was like, right, right. they don't make a pedal board that big. They don't make a stage big enough for that pedal board, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh-huh. but now I did, I do realize that like the, uh, uh, show a little love. That was really strongly just a very little bit of delay and a lot of guitar. Yeah, I don't use I live. I have some delay just to to fill it out. I mean, I love the way like David Gilmore uses delay. It's so tasteful and nice. But um, yeah, and and the solos that I play because of my style of playing, uh, it's not it's not. You know, there's some of them. Like there's a solo on the new album for a song called Migrating North, and it's very um, a la comfortably numb, you know, just neck pickup, sustaining big high ca- uh, cascading notes, so to speak, mm-hmm. where you can hear the delay when it's it's got that sweet spot. And then I we put it because I the delay is 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 meant to just add that extra little shimmer to the notes to to trail, and the way he does it is so nice. Um, so, it, but for the most part, there's very very little delay on. Um, on on any of my solo recordings at all even live i just put enough on there just to uh fatten it up yep in an environment well cool man um is there anything you want to touch on while we're here uh well um another thing too i got i just started um my own pre-recorded guitar lesson series it's called the blaze method you go to lillianx.com and it gives you all the information and what I wanted to do, cause I taught in the past for a long time and I enjoy teaching, but obviously you don't have the time to do that and do one-on-one lessons. So what I did was I started going back to roots and how I, you know, what got me from take to understanding how to play guitar. Uh, cause when I first started, it was all classical and flamenco and jazz and learning how to read and this and that. But so I was learning all this technique, et cetera, but understanding the guitar and how it works. It's a, there's a math to it as well as uh, just a feel. There's a, there's ways to understand it. Yeah. And I, that, so on my pre-recorded lessons, 
The first one was released last Monday. Every Monday, release the next lesson. I go over everything from understanding the neck to learning. It's designed for beginning to intermediate. But I've got students now that have been playing a long time. They're like, wow, I'm learning stuff. Even though I've been playing 30 years, I'm learning these little things that make sense that nobody ever taught me. So, um, But teach everything from chords to understanding the neck to connecting the dots on the neck and knowing how to not just be playing in one place. That's the biggest thing everybody wants to say. How do I get around the neck? Well, I'm teaching that, teaching strumming, teaching um, what I've learned about songwriting, um, understanding the neck, finger exercise stuff. So I cover like eight different topics. Then we talk about songwriting, and then I show them, you know, uh, different like Lillian Axe riff. Uh, and uh, at the end, and, and I talk to them and answer like a, a question. They all send questions, and I'll answer one or two questions about anything guitar related or touring or music business related so it's about a 30 to 45 minute lesson and it's um it's really come out really well if anybody's interested in signing up they go to lillianax.com and click on the blaze method um there's some samples and stuff uh if they go to facebook and look up steve blaze or lillianax or lillianax forever um they can get a little bit of an idea but it's very well done uh, Todd Schmidt, who did all of our videos and does all our videography and everything, did all the editing for it. It's very user-friendly and really down-to-earth. So I'm doing that. And then Lillian's uh, getting ready to cut the new album. The box set comes out in November. Uh, I also ghost hunt. So I am in. have a documentary coming out next year called uh, Ghosts of Fort Jackson. So I have a, do- a ghost hunting team. And uh, Okay, and so... I am co-owner of PAR Investigations, Paranormal Activity Research. Are you serious? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. uh, Based out of Kansas City. uh, Right. Of course, I'm in Dallas now. But, yeah, I am uh, co-owner of a paranormal group myself. That's the whole – we're going to have to talk some more about that off camera. But, yeah, that's that's amazing, man. Yeah. Been doing it for about 10 years. It started off with a production company wanting to do a reality show. With, they'd read some of my interviews where I talk about my fascination with paranormal, et cetera. And uh, so they wanted to do this reality show. So uh, long story short, I have a team of seven people. Uh, it's myself, a gentleman named Dave Young, who's been a consultant for the Myrtles Plantation for 40 years. Uh, Fred Poole is the head of product development for PV. He handles all the, the audio video. Yeah. A NASA scientist named Mark Lanou, uh, who is um, a, a, he's in a band called Fiction Six as well, which is a really good band. So he's another musician. I have a, a medium named Deborah LeBlanc, who's a very well known author. And then my stage manager and my brother Gary are our tech guys. So they set the gear up. And we've been doing investigations for years. We actually. We got picked up by Destination America and uh, what was the other travel channel we were giving times and uh, to actually have a half hour slot and the financiers COVID hit and the financial uh, financiers went out. Yep. Uh, and so now we just decided we're going to do a documentary. Uh, Jason Hawes from Ghost Hunters. Yeah, do you know him? I know Jason. He contacted us and he wanted to get involved in being a, a producer on our show and stuff. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, maybe 
Uh, probably maybe something involved with his show that he was, you know, oh, didn't have, you know, yeah. the time. Well, what I'm saying is Mark Cuban even got it on his desk for AXS, Access TV. And uh, he said no cooking shows or um, paranormal shows on his network, even though some of his producers wanted to do show. So it's like a record deal. You know, it's like close and then oh, it falls apart. Then you go back again. So, well, so we know, have a doc. Uh, Jack Osborne. He's actually yeah. producing a lot of stuff. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So discuss this some more, man, because uh, it's I'm fascinated with. It. There are some people we actually um, when we were uh, working on this show, we we started one of the uh, things we were going to do on one of the different. They they changed the show up. There was going to be ghosts and guitars, and then I wanted to do another thing where I took celebrities, not just musicians. Uh, musical celebrities, but different actors and actresses. And we were talking to people, went and interviewed some of the Saints guys that wanted to do it. Drew, we asked Drew Brees, but he didn't want to do it. He was, I'm like, some of these guys, you know, you'll, they'll face a 300 pound linebacker, but they don't want to touch a ghost. Right. You know, <laughs> and I respect that. But uh, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, there's some people that are just amazed by it and some people that are deathly afraid of it it's just because we don't understand it yeah i i have seen some insane stuff in my life i mean stuff yeah. that still makes me go man did that really happen yeah but, yeah you know, i mean standing face to face with the ghost of a of a uh cop who's dead right you're like what <laughs> you know yeah but you got to understand it. You have to be open-minded about it. But uh, why don't we uh, we have swap some stories sometime and then um, <laughs> maybe locations we can go to up there. You can come to some. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Texas is full of them, but Louisiana's got a lot of great locations yeah. too as well. I'll tell you, there's, there's a place. Well, sorry, do what? I heard that uh, drummer for Poison, Ricky Rocket. I heard he's he's uh, another one that yeah. enjoys uh, understanding and uh, investigating paranormal. So. Yeah, he is. And uh... – I would love I'd love to hook up with him. So I'm, that's what we ought to do. You, myself, and Ricky. I've got the perfect place for us to go that will blow your mind. Okay. There is a well, tree. You, There's a tree said, that emits light out of the center of it. Are you serious? Oh my I'm god! Serious, and you can only catch it on on uh, camera. Right, right. So it's wow. just absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Let's so, do that. <laughs> we. See me and you, we've got kindred spirits here, you know. I'm telling you, man. That's guitars abs- and ghosts, dude. What, what more do you need? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, let's jump back into this music thing. The tour you're getting ready to do is going to be uh, an East Coast thing, and then after that, yeah, be doing West. Right. Yeah, it's right. March. And then they're going to probably move the West uh, Coast run, which we were supposed to do in November, probably to summertime. Okay. So in that, we'll be recording the new album. It's got to come out in 2024. So, and you said you guys are kicking this thing off in uh, New Orleans. Yes. Uh huh. All right. Well, me and my wife um, will show it, up for that. That'd be great. We're actually um, we're supposed to be able. They said by the end of October, uh, we should be able to. They'll start making the announcement and uh, advertising the venues and stuff. And man, that's that's awesome. Yeah, just throw me on the list. Plus one. I will. We will be there. I, yeah, I'm sure you'll uh, be in touch now. Oh, and God, um, yeah, anything that I can do to help you, let me know, and uh, I'll keep you posted on everything yeah. going on. So now, for your uh, guitar lessons, um, of course, I don't know how to do it because I'm doing good to turn on a damn computer, but um, <laughs> I got tech people in my life that I'll have them make a link from my website to your guitar teaching stuff. Yeah, they just lillianax.com, our website. Okay, I'll make a link they, on my... Yeah. And it's 
go to lilianx.com, brings up the site. There's a banner. It says the Blaze Method. Okay. That's the good They can click on that, and it explains everything. It's easy. All right. And they can and uh, it's inexpensive too. I've made it affordable. It's thirty dollars a lesson, and a hundred before. Right, exactly. And I wanted to do it like that. Everybody keeps going, man. You can make so much money. I'm doing this because I want people to to enjoy. And that's one of my the mantra is enjoy and don't be afraid of this thing. Yep. It's fun. Learn it. Every little thing you learn is in you forever, and you're gonna get better. Enjoy it and have fun with it. Absolutely. And that's. All right, so I'm, I'll get a link for that going on on the website. Okay. Check out the website sometime. It's www.allthingsmetalshow.com. And, uh, man, the, the podcast is named the same, by the way. Dude, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, and I've been a, a longtime fan of Lillian Axe. I, mean, I when appreciate I first, When I first started doing the show, it was it was a very small 100,000-watt station, and uh, I'd play Lillian Axe, and I'd play, you know, uh, like the, the early Britney Fox and stuff like that. Right. And everybody's going, I, I remember that song, that, 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 that love song. I go, show a little love. Right. Like, yeah, that one. And they're like, I, who is that? And I was like, well, that's Lillian Axe. And they're like, I haven't heard that name. Yeah. And I'm like, well, because you live in central damn Kansas. That's all funny and, 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 and uh, baffling to me, you know, with uh, 16 albums out. And, and still we're like, wait, I've heard that name. So that's <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Maybe they'll, maybe the the the, the public come to terms sometime. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, last time I was at a uh, Ron and Darren show, they're <laughs> they're sitting there and they're talking. You know, they're doing some banter with the audience. I said, I could go, I go play no matter what, and they're like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, tell those guys I said hi if you talk. I will, to man. Them. I think I'll see them uh, next week, and they're playing. So. Right. Yeah. So, all right. all right, man. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on here and doing this with me. I've had so much fun. I mean, we can oh, talk for hours, pleasure. but oh, I know. Huh? <laughs> well, you got my. Number. You know how to reach me. Let's stay in touch. And Absolutely. Uh, definitely, I uh, have to set something up. <laughs> Paranormal. That's a whole nother conversation there, man. Yeah, it is. So, but thanks for having me, man. And I you appreciate bet. it. You guys out there that have, uh, you know, been supporting us for all these years. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. All right, man. Talk to you soon.